Hi, welcome to My Sporting Mind. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Charlie Webster, and today we're heading to the Premier League. I'm really excited to welcome Brighton midfielder Adam Lallana to the podcast. It's kind of weird, Adam, saying Brighton midfielder. I know it but is. Welcome yeah. along. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, does it sound strange me putting that club to your name, or have you got used it's to more, it? It's more. It's more the the colour blue. Obviously, I've I've never really worn blue before, so that is that's taken a bit more to get used to rather than rather than Brighton, really. Yeah, that's a good point. You've always been like red, right? So how's yeah. things been going for you? How are you? Because it's been so much change for you, not just with the way that football's been played, but moving your family, moving to a different club, COVID, yeah. everything. It's like a year yeah. of change. Yeah, things have, are just starting to, to settle down for me now, as in moving the family back down south. Kids kind of started new schools. We've found a place around here, so kind of moving out of a hotel and into... A residential place and starting a new club meeting new people it's um you know I feel like I've settled absolutely fine into, into the into the club great lads and it's made it easier that I know the league and, and the language you know, it makes you realize coming from abroad and not speaking the language just how difficult it, it, it would be especially if you're, if you're if you're a young lad so yeah it's been it's been a good good experience and um really excited for the for the challenge I've got here really yeah I was just going to say like you just used the word challenge I was going to say is it like, are you looking forward to the fact that it's a new challenge and a refresh because of how long you've been in Liverpool? Definitely, yeah. It was it was just the perfect fit, really, for me coming to Brighton. An ambitious club that want to do better and make the next step. Um, a lot of good, young, talented players. And I think the stage I'm at in my career, I can, I can offer this group, this football club, a lot, not just on the pitch, but, you know, my wealth of experience that I've got. I, you know, I feel I can help, uh, you know, especially the, the younger lads that, that are here and, you know, I think it's not just not just on the pitch help them, you know, technically and physically, but you know, like what we're going to touch on, the, the mental side of the game, which mm. by far is the most important. And I only think you realise that the older you get. Um, you know, if I can embed in some of the young lads the importance of you know the mental attributes in in the game, then then I think as as a group we have um, we'll have the chances to progress to where we want to be quicker. Do you think that's something that's changed over your career and your lifetime about the recognition of the mental health side and the mental attributes of the game and it not just being so focused on physicality? Yeah, definitely. When I was, I look at the 18, 19 year olds now, when I was that age, it was, it was just completely different. There's, I think there's more pressures nowadays to potentially be an act a certain way that maybe isn't the right way. So I think it's important at getting that balance right um, because, you know, there's so much attention on social media, and especially when you're a professional footballer. I think priorities can be hampered, and I think it's just taking a step back and focusing on what really the, the priorities are for, for young lads. And it's, you know, it's to learn, listen, and, and, and develop and, and do your job as best as you can. I think if you can keep focused on them jobs, then, you know, you're going to have a far better chance of having a successful career. Yeah, rather than the distraction. It was funny because just before we started recording, we mentioned Justin Langer, right? Because you were just watching. Um, yeah. And he actually said that, you know, one of his advice, his advice would be just social, just get off social media. It's funny that you mentioned it. Do you think that's something that you've got to be really careful of because of the way that, um, I suppose, players get their validation sometimes yeah. from it and then attach their self-worth to it? Yeah. Well, how I've kind of dealt with that is I'll only read reports if I know I'm doing well and things are going well, because 
if you, you you know if things aren't going well I don't need other people to to tell me you know other people that I don't care about don't know why would I let them have access into my brain you know to impact my feelings I think it's different if things are going well or not well but things are going you know okay then then yeah okay if you want to see a bit of news because a lot of people do go to social media for news um so yeah it is as I say it's a tricky one and that's that's how you know because I've had Know, very dark moments in the last three, four, five years. You know, positive moments, but but lots of down, dark moments. And you know, you, you want support in in them periods. And mm. so I think it's important that you keep the people around you that mean the most. You know, family, friends, rather than you know, putting your head in, in in your phone or on your socials because you're going to see things you, you don't you don't want to see that aren't aren't true and from people that don't understand the profession you're working in. And especially because in, in football, I was speaking to him, a former footballer who was a big name, and he was talking a lot about how he got that, like from fans, it was like the adoration, and it was all about him as a football player, and that sometimes he felt like people couldn't see him for him. Do you think that's something that also, there's that disconnect you felt sometimes, that it's like Adam Lallana, the football player or the England player or the Liverpool player mm. rather than like just you yeah I suppose I suppose so but I mean a lot of the I mean the, the reason why you know footballers are big on social media is because of them the footballer not so much them the player or, or the person because that's not really what's famous is it or that's not what intrigue intrigues the fans it's the profession I think so it's it is it's a fine balance and it's it's a complicated subject you know, I've just watched that that program on Netflix as well, The Social Dilemma. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. What do you think? It's, I don't know. Yeah, I it's in, it. yeah, it's 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 intriguing. But yeah, it's um, you know, it's I think we, you know, we as we as footballers, it's important that we do all we can. I think to to help everyone out there because we we do you know suffer with mental health issues. You know, it's it's everyone does to a degree. I think it's just about how you how you manage them and. Who are you really trying to impress? What what is really important to you? Yeah, absolutely. And you said there about you know over the last four or five years, there's been some times where you've had dark moments. And like you said, everybody has a mental health, and everybody, including myself, um, and I'm sure that people listening have those dark moments. How what what is it you felt during those periods? I don't know to help people identify with those feelings, and how do you feel like you've come through them? Well, I think I think perspective helps perspective just in life helps having perspective you know referring to perspective you know for example being a footballer when when you get injured you can't fundamentally do your job properly and that's I think that's what people may not understand you know it's people will say he's still getting paid for doing his job which is true but there's that element of guilt and embarrassment when you're injured because you can't actually do your job because you can't play football there's been times where, you know, I've probably beaten myself up a bit too much, been, you know, hard on myself, whereas, you know, these things happen. It's a physical sport. You know, it, it, it can happen to anyone. And I think it's about just you know, finding that balance, that perspective that, OK, you know, I'm, I'm not fit at the moment, but, you know, I've got a healthy family. I'm going home to a house, roof above my head, you know, and think of it like that, because there are, you know, people out there that are in a worse situation than yourself. I think it's important not to get not to get too down when the times are down and yet and likewise not to get too high when things are going well it's about just finding that middle balance 
if you find that middle balance and kind of don't creep above where you should be or below where you should be then it's easier to maintain now that's an interesting way to look at it so you think also be careful with the highs yeah you know yeah if you, if you have if you're having great results and things are going well don't go over the top with with you know celebrating or whatever just you know be happy be proud but but don't go too high and that that means when you know when things are going aren't going so well when you have days that aren't as as great then there's not there's not so much of a transition is there from 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 how high you were so it's you know it's about just managing that that balance um and and I think that helps yeah <laughs> I'm gonna take note of that one because <laughs> I'm definitely like a uh, yeah, person and then like a, oh my gosh <laughs> type person um and on the beating yourself up thing you know it's so easy to kind of when you when you're out of it it's so easy to go don't beat yourself up I can see perspective but sometimes when you're in that moment it's so hard to not beat yourself up and and like you said feel like I don't know say if you're not playing and I think so mm. many people can relate to this off you know never mind football it's like oh well I'm not good enough then because that thing hasn't happened and you know likewise for you well you know I'm injured and what if I don't get picked now or now I'm not playing regular games and how do you work on that beating yourself up thing? I think it's important to, you know, if, if, if you're not, if ever I was to not play or not get picked, what helped me in the end was to allow myself to feel that emotion, allow myself to be angry, but be angry and expect to be angry and then be angry or disappointed and then react to it, right, how, how, how can I get in the team? How can I play the next game? What's the best way to react to that? And it's, it's you know, by going back to the basics, what I call, you know, values, it's, it's you know, it's, it's working hard and giving your best. So if that's the next training session, rather than having a chip on your shoulder or not, you know, working so hard and trying to give off that, giving off that body language that you're not happy, you know, give off the body language that you want to be in the team and you're going to work hard for it and you're doing your best and you're trying to improve. And then that's rewarding in itself because of how you've reacted to the disappointment. So that's a win. So I see that as a win and that's, I've had conversations with young lads in, in you know, over the past couple of years that are disappointed for not playing and think they should be playing. It's like, all right, that's fine. It's fine to think that. But then show that in your reaction. Show that in reaction to the manager and how you train. And that will make you feel better as well because you've done it right. You've been professional. Um, and that that he- will help the mental health as well because you've you've reacted to disappointment in a, in a positive way, which makes you feel good, I, th- I think. Yeah, you know what you just said about letting emotion out is the one thing that psychologists talk about when it comes to healthy mental health. And it was great that you said it. So is that something mm. that helped you in your playing days, especially over the last couple of yeah, years? Yeah, I've, 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 spoke, I've spoke to psychologists, you know, that we're fortunate enough that, you know, at Liverpool, they have a, a psychologist. There's a psych, psychologist here as well at Brighton. Um, I'm still in communication with a psychologist at, at, at Liverpool. You know, he's more of a a friend now as well so it's great still to, to bounce things off him you know he's helped me sh- strip things back and get into a place where my mentality is similar to what I've kind of just spoke to you about there how, how, how do you react to disappointment because that's you know, that's one thing that's guaranteed in football is disappointment yeah, don't care in who life. you are you, in life exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly and it's I think about how, how you react to it that sets those apart and I've noticed a real benefit to your mental health by reacting well to disappointment it does make you feel good what's the biggest thing that some that the psychologists have said to you then is there any one particular thing that you can give us as a bit of a help 
Breathing exercise has really helped me. You know, just simple. It's, I suppose it's almost meditation, but that, I mean, meditation can be defined in so many ways, can't it? I mean, you can meditate whilst you're having yoga. You can meditate by praying. You can meditate when you're listening to music. And I think it's just just breathing and like lowering your heart rate. You know, especially before games, if you're a bit anxious, if the butterflies are there, you know, it re- really helps. And I think me- meditation's a it's a word that might scare a lot of people, yeah. um, maybe even me at, at a certain stage. But I think if you just refer to it as some breathing exercises, which is effectively meditating, that 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 helps. And it has a like you said, it actually does physically change you as well. Knowing that it actually does lower your heart rate, it changes the yeah. nervous system, and it does actually yeah. have a physical effect. And on on yourself, I wanted to also ask you about. Um, God, I hope I pronounce it right. Because um, you also live with an inflammatory bowel disease, which is ulcerative colitis. Ulcerative colitis, yeah. Ulcerative colitis. How do you? <laughs> don't laugh. How do you cope with having something like that? it's it's been it's been tough at times it kind of depends if I'm if I've had like an active flare-up I got diagnosed when I was 18 um you know when I was 18 I was a lot less professional Uh, you know I wouldn't I wasn't taking my tablets because I didn't realize how important it was to take my tablets um you know I was having to take three tablets three times a day 18 and I'd be I'd just forget and whereas I think in the last 12 years I've probably had five or six times where I've had like active flare-ups, which, so to kind of de- describe an active flare-up, it, it's not enough to kind of stop you playing, but if you go into the toilet like 15, 20 times a day and you're training, it's just not going to help, is it? Do, do, do you know what I mean? And and then you're consciously thinking, where's the nearest toilet, you know, in my car? Where Am I going to make it to training? Am I going to make it home? You know, there's been a couple of times where I haven't made it home and it's yeah, not great, as you can imagine. But that's, you know, what, what it is and what's happened. And at the moment, I'm, I'm absolutely fine. And, you know, I take tablets every day to, to manage it. And I actually don't think my type of ulcerative colitis is mine affects a quarter of the bowel, whereas I think people with severe cases, I think Darren Fletcher had it quite bad ex-man united in scotland i think it must have affected a lot more of it of his bowel so i think i've i'm quite lucky actually that it only affects as i say a quarter of my bowel but i'm, I'm fine at the minute and just I suppose just keep doing what i, I can do to, to manage it really that i don't think there's any there's any evidence that it totally clears but you can you can manage it and, and definitely live with it definitely and it's, it's something i'm keen to kind of make aware because yeah. i want to you know if, if other footballers out there pick up on it no I have it and they want to pick the phone up or whatever then I'll, I'll happily do so yeah that's really good to know and you know just talking to you about it because you said you got diagnosed when you're 18 um I wonder how much I'd love to know how much acceptance is part of played a part in helping you live well with it because I think especially now you know there's people having to live with certain things that can be debilitating physically and four years ago I got a I've got a kidney injury so I've always got a kidney problem and there's certain things that I can't do now Um, and initially I was really angry about it I have to Mm. say like I was really annoyed I was like but I'm so healthy like why why has this happened to me you know and and then it's got to a point now where I've just got complete acceptance around it which really helps me um yeah just for anybody listening that maybe's got something as well do you think acceptance is a big part of that 
Yeah, def- I mean, I'd, I've never really got angry or about bit having. No, I remember when I my when I've got diagnosed of it, that the symptoms like were that bad. I remember like t- telling my dad about it, and my dad like, obviously feared for feared for the worst, you know. So when I got told it was ulcerative colitis, obviously did a stool test and everything, and then that was probably it was a positive really that it wasn't anything worse. So ever since that's happened, I've almost felt not not lucky, but for oh it's ulcerative colitis that's manageable. It's you know, not going to affect my football. You know, okay, there there are times where it, it has, but it's hard to kind of measure it really because, like I said, you're always well enough, I'm well enough to train, but. If you, if you if you go into the toilet 15 20 times a day you know then you know it's not it's not it's probably not great for for an elite athlete uh, mm. performing in the premier league and could injuries have contributed because of that there's no evidence but if my um if i'm you know uh, what's what's the word um, if you're like losing a lot of nutrition and exactly then and it's not it's not going to be great for the body is it but you know, there's, as I said, there's no evidence for that. Um, I've had tests and, and whatnot. And as I say, at the moment, I'm, I'm absolutely great. I think my last relapse was about a year and year and a half ago. Oh, great. So I've been good for a year and a half. So how much is your mindset attribute to, to your success, to you coming over the injuries you've mentioned a couple of times, and also, you know, living with the, the bowel disease that you do have? Uh, yeah, the older I've become, the more I realise how powerful and strong the mind is and that it's far more important than the technical physical side of the get tactical side of the game if, if your mindset's right then the rest will almost take care of itself because I think your application and your attitude is linked with your mentality so if you apply yourself well your attitude's right you're technically going to improve because you're playing football every day you know you're getting managed you're getting coached every day so that's where kind of I see see the the benefits in the mental side, and it's it's about realizing that as young as you can, I think. But it almost takes a bit of experience, doesn't it, to to start does, to yeah. recognize that? I yeah, think it does. I definitely feel the same on that one. And mm. I wanted to ask you about leadership as well, because um, you know you obviously played at Liverpool and played a significant role there, but also had a captain in Jordan Henderson, who I know is a really good mate, and. Um, also Jurgen Klopp and one of the themes that's come up in this podcast is a lot about leadership but how leadership's actually about getting to know your human behavior and the humanity of the people that you're working with do you think that's something that's come up with you and that's important especially like when things are tough in the changing room I don't mean like tough in the changing room I mean tough tough situations and then that goes into the changing room definitely you know I'm I was I've I, I see myself as a leader and coming out of the Liverpool dressing room where there's there's too many leaders in that in that squad for me to even count hence why they've had the success they have and that that didn't happen overnight Jürgen had to build that he created that that's why you know his legacy there will live on for, you know for, for years and forever because he he's created that so he's the reason you know, we've had the opportunity to go to finals and because he's created the squad there that's full of as i said leaders everywhere um and it's so so powerful when you have that that many leaders because they're not just worried about themselves. You know they'll be worrying about other people's performances more than themselves. They want to help others more than help themselves, and that that's so powerful. That and that's where that success comes from. And that's that's not it's not a technical or physical thing, is it? That's that's a mental, humane thing, kind of what we're speaking about. You know, and 
yeah it's it's special it, as i said is is special and um that's that's what i've learned and that i'm lucky enough to have gained that experience from that and um, i'll definitely take that with me for the remaining of my playing career and and after football whatever whatever that whatever i decide to do but you know working with the younger players and, and mentoring them is is something i really enjoy and um i definitely have a passion for mm. yeah i like the leadership's about selflessness and i think sometimes we see leadership as like ego and selfishness but actually it's really interesting you said there's loads of leaders and it's this selflessness so mm. um what's the biggest thing you think you've learned about yourself we spoke a little bit about how you start to realize about mindset and how the importance of mental health as you get a bit older what do you think is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself now at this stage it's probably what i mentioned before about not getting too high and not getting too low just just for, I, found, I feel like i found that balance i feel like i found that balance at, at, at liverpool and in, i've learned that in the last two three years you know you used to lose a game and you you know there'd be times where i'd, I'd speak to my dad after the game like a packet like I'd speak to my dad with such attitude because we'd lost the game and that was the childishness in me being you know I was 24 25 and my dad had just traveled up to Newcastle drove up there for, and then he's driving all the way back and then he's on the phone to this player who's lost the game who's acting like a teenager just because we've lost a football match and you know, I look back now and I think like I can't you know he was he's driven 300 pound you know round trip 400 and and it's incidents like that where I look back and where I've probably, that's where I've learned to kind of, yeah, football's my job and I want to win. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. You know, my dad doesn't deserve to be spoken to like that because we lost a football match. Um, so, yeah, it's finding that, that that balance, not getting too high, not getting too low. And that would be my message. That's a good message. Yeah, because you're only ever as almost good as what that result is, right? And yes. you're not always going to have a win. And then if there isn't, then it just comes crashing down I, I can relate to that so final question um I know you've touched them on it but is there anything else that you'd advise you'd give to anyone that's struggling out there right now or finding things talk difficult? talk you know I've I've had moments where I've been bottling things up and then you know I'd have a car journey into training with a mate and just start speaking and then I'd, I'd be crying because I've been bottling it up for, for too too long so the minute you you do feel unhappy, anxious, down, you know, there's plenty of words we can use that describe similar feeling. Talk, just, you know, talk, whether it's to a helpline, whether it's to a friend, mum, dad, sister, kids, it definitely helps to talk. Don't bottle things up and think, you know, you're, you're going to be the strong man or strong woman for not speaking because there are people out there that will care and, and want to help. So talking is 100% by far the biggest point for me that can help is just by talking. Because if you don't talk, you know, people don't always, I mean, people can pick up on things because of body language, of course, but then not everyone will be the person to say, are you okay? So, you know, be, be the bigger man and, and talk because it's fine. Yeah, Definitely just on that, I think that is such a good thing. And I think that it's really, really important. And I found it's helped myself. So many people worry about what the reaction might be because you said it's not about being a, a strong man or woman. What's the reaction been when you've picked up the phone and you are crying and you have told people how you're feeling? Oh, I mean, people couldn't do enough to help, you know, and then and and then it would normally be they'd understand how I'm feeling because they felt like that before. And then that would straight away would make me feel better and then they would, you know, be able to help me and you know, just 
even release letting that emotion out verbally or emotionally if you get upset helps you know that's just from past experience thank you so much it's been really no great problem. talking to you and really valuable and massively appreciate it um, and good luck thank you very well much this season and with everything and thanks to Sporting Minds charity for their support please remember there is help if you are struggling you can contact and check out the help and advice from Mind the Samaritans and the NHS line 111 is available 24 hours a day seven days a week thanks so much for listening take care and speak again soon